Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Still getting used to this uh, solo podcast setup, but... We're having fun with it so far. We had fun with it Monday. We're going to have fun with it today, and we're going to have some more fun with it later this week. But we're going to focus on the here and now. And here and now, we are going to continue our Bengals Top 25 Countdown. We talked about Jermaine Pratt and Sam Hubbard, who are number 12 and number 11, respectively, on our Bengals Top 25 list. We're going to go down the list and talk about number 10, And number nine, number 10 being linebacker Logan Wilson, number nine being slot receiver Tyler Boyd. Uh, It's always fun getting into a little comparison action here. Normally we don't do this, but since I'm solo, we're going to kind of divvy it up and uh, compare our nine versus 10 guys, uh, Boyd and Wilson speaking on those numbers. We're going to talk about that, where I had them on the list, where Andrew had them on the list, you know, the similarities and differences between those two guys and the upside and downside to either player. Welcome into another solo edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad, here solo with you, like I said earlier, in case you missed it, talking all things Bengals with you. By the way, guys, in case you forgot, we're a week away from training camp. Yes, I'm going to say it again. We are a week away from training camp. Did I mention we're a week away from training camp? Okay, I think I mentioned that maybe 10 times. I'm just kidding. If you can't tell, I'm very excited. Uh, but we're going to temper the excitement a little bit uh, to focus on the here and now. And we're going to talk about number 10 on our list, and that is Logan Wilson. So for me, uh, before I get into Tyler Boyd, I want to just really zoom in on Logan Wilson here. Um, I think you really, first of all, I, I actually wrote about this to our subtext subscribers uh, earlier today. I think no matter where you have Logan Wilson, number three, number seven, number 10, You have to have Logan Wilson as a top 10 guy. Again, I don't care where you have him in the top 10, but you're putting Logan Wilson at at some point, somewhere at number 10. Um, And before I get into uh, the crux of my argument and why that's the case, I want to look at where I had Logan Wilson. I had him at 11, but like I've said with a lot of other rankings I've had on this list, uh, including Jermaine Pratt and Sam Hubbard yesterday, which I was way off with on my list versus where we really had them on our list. Um, I had Logan Wilson at 11. There actually might still be an argument for that, and I'll get to that part, but I want to go back to why you have to have him in the top 10. If you really don't think Logan Wilson is a top 10 guy, for those listening who are like, well, Muhammad, why would you put him in the top 10? There's so many other guys I'd put ahead of him. Okay, but hear me out, though. 
if he's not a top 10 guy, why is he being talked about for a contract extension? Yes, he's eligible. Obviously, I get it. But why is he being talked about for an extension? Not every third-year guy is being talked about for an extension. Not every star player is being talked about for an extension when they get to this point. I mean, Jermaine Pratt did get re-signed. And I'm mentioning this because we're talking about Jermaine Pratt on Monday. He got re-signed. He took a hometown discount to stay with Joe Burrow and you know everybody else in that defense with Luana Rumo. But the thing about it is, there wasn't much talk last year at this time when Jermaine Pratt was in the same spot Logan Wilson was in. Now, that's undoubtedly due to the fact that the Jesse Bates saga overshadowed a lot of that, and I can understand that. But I think even if you take away the context of Jesse Bates and his contract dispute, I still don't really know that we're talking about Jermaine Pratt getting an extension. But we have been talking on this podcast since the end of the regular season about, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, about Logan Wilson not only being worthy of an extension, but how does that fit in with T. Higgins? How does that fit in with Joe Burrow? Um, I don't want to really go down that rabbit hole too much because I talked about it a little bit yesterday with Joe Mixon taking the pay cut. And then, you know, Andrew talked about that on Friday uh, before he went on his vacation, which he is going to be off for the rest of the week for those who missed it. Um, it will be me for the rest of the week. We may have some special guests. We may not. I don't know, guys. Don't hold me to it. I'm just kidding. We're going to have a special guest. It's going to be on Wednesday. But, um, yeah, Andrew's going to be gone until next week, uh, and he'll be rejoining me as we get ready for training camp. But, uh, like I said, I, I think with Logan Wilson, just just alone, just alone the fact that we're talking about him being due for an extension, why would you not put the guy in the top 10? Again, you could put him at number three. You could put him at number seven. I don't care. But you got to put him in the top 10. Now, someone might be listening saying, okay, Muhammad, but you had him at 11. And maybe somebody wants to put, you know, Logan Wilson further back. Like maybe they want to put someone like, uh, say, okay, like Sam Hubbard and Jermaine Pratt. Those guys were 11 and 12. Maybe you think Logan Wilson's not better than them. Maybe you want to put Logan Wilson at 13 or even 14 if you think Mike Hilton's more important or 15 if you think somehow. I know it's an offense versus defense discussion, which I'll get into later with Tyler Boyd. Maybe you think Ted Karras and Cordell Volson are better or I should say provide more value than what you get from a Logan Wilson. Okay, fine. If you really want to open up that can of worms, you could put Logan Wilson top 15. But guys who are due for extensions are not top 15 players. Guys who are worthy of getting paid are not top 15 players. Guys who have made season-saving, postseason-saving plays like Logan Wilson are not top 15 guys. They're top 10 guys. Now, if we're talking top five, yeah, I'd say that's a stretch because, I mean, we're, we're already at number five on our list, and we're going to talk about him later this week. It's Orlando Brown. Like, if you're going to put Logan Wilson ahead of Orlando Brown, ahead of Alex Kappa, you know, maybe Jadobe Awuzie, who's number seven on our list. I'm like, okay, maybe there's some extremities there. I, I can understand that. Um, but yeah, I mean, come on, top 10, man, top 10. Like, again, you know, we're going to talk about Tyler Boyd. Like, he's he's in that category with Tyler Boyd. He, he's in the running with Jadobe Awuzie, even if Awuzie is ahead of him, which he is on our list, like I said, with his spot. I mean, you know, there, there's still a good discussion to have with having Logan Wilson in the same tier as Jadobe Awuzie. And this is with respect to Sam Hubbard and or Jermaine Pratt. But 
let's look at Logan Wilson here. And this is maybe where I'm kind of contrasting Wilson with the other guys between 10 through 15 and beyond. I mean, Logan Wilson, you got to think about the interception he made against Tennessee. If you didn't know who Logan Wilson was up to that point, you know, with the playoff game against the Titans in the divisional round last year, well, you knew. You knew who he was because I'm telling you this right now. And I get it. We're, we're looking ahead to 2023, but here's why I use this as justification for uh, Wilson at number 10. And initially when I had him at number 11, if he doesn't make that play, if you know that ball's not tipped by Eli Apple, Logan Wilson's not standing there in coverage, picking it off, are you sure the Titans aren't going downfield? Are you sure that Ryan Tannehill, love him or hate him, isn't going to lead that offense into field goal range for former Bengal kicker Randy Bullock? Are you sure about that? And I'm not saying that I never would have had doubt in Lou Anarimo's defense at that point, especially with how well they played in that game. But I don't know that that game ends the way it does without that Logan Wilson pick. And if that game doesn't end the way it does, there's no Super Bowl run. And we're not talking about Joe Burrow and T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and, frankly, almost everyone else on this list in the way that we are. I understand you cannot boil down an entire postseason to one play. You might as well make the same argument for Jermaine Pratt. What if Jermaine Pratt doesn't make the pick against Las Vegas in the game before that in the wild card round, which lifted the weight of playoff curses, 33 years worth of playoff curses off of the shoulders of an entire tri-state area. All I'm saying is that's also why Pratt's as high as he is. I just think Wilson's a little bit higher. Why is Wilson a little bit higher than Pratt when you could argue that Pratt is the better linebacker? And I know that's a whole other discussion, but I will touch on it a little bit because, you know, people will say, well, Muhammad, why, why is Pratt at, you know, number 12? And why did you want to have him at number 11 and then have Logan Wilson at number 10? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here is the thing in and of itself. Logan Wilson may or may not be a better linebacker than Jermaine Pratt. I, I think there is an argument for either or being better than the other. I, I respect both sides of the argument that either Logan Wilson's better or Jermaine Pratt is better. I just think with Wilson, he has gradually progressed from his rookie season in 2020 to the playoff run with the Super Bowl to you know the numbers he had last year, which I'm going to look at here in a second, uh, and, and where he can be next year. What I, that's the point with where he could be next year. Like, I want to focus on that. I think where Logan Wilson can be next year, and this is why we're talking about the top 25 Bengals of 2023, not 2022, not 2021. We can take the good from those years, but we're focusing on 2023. And I think that with Logan Wilson, you got a guy who could be a top 10 linebacker in the NFL. If he's not a top 10 linebacker already, which maybe he is or isn't, if he isn't now, he certainly will be by that point. I mean, let's just look at the numbers here. 15 games played. He missed one game uh, due to an injury that was re-aggravated from uh, last year when he had his labrum surgery, which I don't think should be a non-factor this year. A pick, two and a half sacks, 123 tackles. He played not quite 1,000 defensive snaps, 955. Very well, though. I mean, that's, that's a lot. Like, if you're a linebacker literally making tackles more than anybody else on the field, uh, more than anybody not named Jermaine Pratt, frankly, then yeah, I definitely think that you are doing a very good job, especially if you were playing one last game. Um, you know, obviously Logan Wilson's a guy who's going to patrol the middle of the field as 
really nothing more than a true coverage linebacker. But that's a lot, though. I don't say that to say that lightly because, I mean, you're, taxed, you're tasked with, you know, quite a mix. I mean, you're stopping the run. He's the green dot, by the way. I have to make sure I mention that. Like, you know, when he gets the play calls from Lou Anarumo or Zach Taylor, it goes to him, and then it goes to everyone else on the defense. That's not easy. That's very hard, especially when you're an off-ball backer. But I really believe, like I said, if you look at the trends of his stats and the trends of his overall success, Logan Wilson has certainly improved each year uh, with the Bengals. I think next year will be very successful. If to be honest, and, and this is why I think he's top 10, because you don't really need much more than what he did. I think he certainly uh, just needs to do what he did this year. If he can do that next year, it's a successful year. How does Lou Anarumo use him? How do they diversify the defense? I don't know. Do they diversify it? Who knows? But you know what? This is not bad timing for a guy who, like I said, he's going into a contract year. Whether he gets an extension done now and doesn't, it goes into a contract year and or gets franchise tag next year, depending on the T. Higgins situation. I mean, just the fact that we're considering, at least I'm considering, a potential franchise tag for Logan Wilson, why else would you not put him on the list at top 10? I mean, if, like I said, if him being worthy of an extension isn't enough, like the fact that he literally, it could get tagged next year speaks in and of itself. That was a lot. We're going to talk a lot more about Logan Wilson when we come back, and we're going to talk about Tyler Boyd, and we're going to compare and contrast the two to see if they're both in the right spots on this list. We'll have that discussion when we return right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad riding the solo ship in back-to-back days. And I just want to say it's been a lot of fun. I've never done this before, 10 months on this podcast. But guess what? The thing about the Strictly Stripes podcast, we are not your everyday podcast. We change it up. And yes, that means going solo because I carry the rock. I don't carry it like Logan Wilson. I'm not a top 10 guy like him but I try my best to be. Before we talk about the guy at number 10 and the guy below him at number nine, Tyler Boyd, I want to tell you that you need to sign up for our Cincinnati Football Insider Subtext Service. We have people who are catching on. They've been signing up with training camp around the corner. So it's not too late. It's never too late. You can sign up next week. You can sign up in week one. It doesn't matter. Just sign up. If you don't like me or Andrew, you can quit anytime. It's a two-week free trial. We text you everything you need to know about training camp. What you really don't even need to worry about with training camp, because I promise you, there's a lot of mumbo-jumbo out there that does not matter. And we'll tell you why it doesn't matter if you sign up. So how do you sign up? It is very simple. All you got to do is text this number with your name. Okay, If you're ready, here is the number. 
The number is 513-949-4147. Let me say it again. 513-949-4147. And make sure you keep submitting your Bengals fan responses. We've gotten quite a few. I'm going to read some here uh, before the end of the show uh, to talk about them and break them down because that's always fun. We've been doing it really, I think, since the last month with Andrew and with Mike Isaac before he left us. So make sure you fill out your Bengals fan response at strictlystripes.com or just email us at stripes at cleveland.com. I talked a whole lot about Logan Wilson. I'm going to talk a whole lot about Tyler Boyd now. Number nine, Tyler Boyd. Same argument as Logan Wilson. You got to put Tyler Boyd at the top 10. I mean, is it really not obvious when you're in year seven going into year eight? Is it really not obvious when, uh, I know I keep repeating myself here, but I really want this emphasis to be understood. Is it not obvious when you have been through literal hell and back from playing with a 2-14 and team that was the bottom of the NFL to being one of Joe Burrow's favorite targets on third down where Joe Burrow really thrives like Joe Burrow does? You got to be top 10. I don't think you can even argue top 15. It's top 10 or nothing. Top five, eh, maybe, maybe, capital M, maybe. Top 10, mark my grave. Mark my grave with that. Tyler Boyd is a top 10 player. Etch that into my tombstone. Okay, maybe not literally, but you get the point. Like, I will literally die on that hill that Tyler Boyd is a top 10 player. When I made this ranking, I had Tyler Boyd at number eight, so I was awfully close. I didn't mention Andrew's ranking. He had him at 11. He also had Logan Wilson at nine. So Logan Wilson's ranking for Andrew made sense. For me, it made sense because what? Nine and 11, average of that being 10. Uh, Mike Nizek had him at nine, so it only adds to that. Mike Nizek had Tyler Boyd at 10. I had him at eight, again, like I mentioned, and Andrew had him at 11. So I think nine was the happy medium uh, for the average that we had. Look, here's the thing. I get it. Tyler Boyd's going to be 29. He's going to be on the older side of 30. I understand that. I hear you. And we don't know how good he'll be. He will be good. He will be successful. Uh, He has been pretty much every year in his career. I mean, he's had multiple thousand-yard seasons well before Joe Burrow got to town. That's not happening next year. And I don't know that he even matches and or beats his stats from last year or even the year before that, when Joe Burrow had his first breakout year. But I do really think that he's going to be good enough to where we're going to be talking about him in the offseason about, do you give him a one-year extension? Do you give him a two-year extension? He has said himself, he knows this may be the end. It's a business. It's fun. I mean, the Bengals, obviously, you know, they, they treat their players like family, but it's a business. That's why we talked about a lot of departures like Jesse Bates and Von Bell and Hayden Hurst. Although they would have probably loved to stay here and win another Super Bowl or go to a Super Bowl, I should say, and win it. But you want to get the most out of Tyler Boyd this year. And he really will do enough to be a top 10 player. I mean, let's go back to the numbers because you know we can't talk about this without the numbers, right? If I'm looking at Tyler Boyd's numbers... um, Excuse me, I'm trying to load this up here. If, if we're looking at what he did in 2022, and I don't want to focus too much on 2021, so I'm going to mostly look at last year. He had 58 catches, uh, 762 yards. May not sound like a lot, but you're talking 13 yards a catch, 
five tutties. Uh, you know, he had a receiving grade of 70 and an overall grade of 70. I know PFF is subjective, especially with the wide receivers and offensive skill players, but 70 at that age is not good. It's excellent. It's great. I mean, there's guys younger than that who can't even hit those grades at his position. So in case you don't get the memo, he's not a third wheel. He's not a third wheel. You, you want proof he's not a third wheel? And this is, oh my goodness, how did I not think of this? Well, I did think of it, but I have so much on my mind that I didn't get to it. If you don't think that Tyler Boyd's a top 10 player, if you're somehow convinced at this point he really is a third wheel, shame on you for that, by the way, if you think that, let me put you to shame some more. Why did the AFC championship game go the way it did when he left? You want to tell me Tyler Boyd leaving that game had no impact? You're crazy if you believe otherwise. No disrespect to Trent Irwin. No disrespect to Jamar Chase, who made one of the greatest fourth down catches I've ever seen in NFL playoff history. And no knock on T. Higgins, who made a grown man touchdown in that game. At the same time, though, we have to understand that Tyler Boyd had an impact in that game before he left with injury. And I think Joe Burrow would agree with that. And I think even Brian Callahan himself hinted at that in you know the press conference after they drafted Charlie Jones, who, whether you want to argue or not that he's the replacement for Tyler Boyd, doesn't matter. They acknowledged then and now that that AFC championship game could have gone another way if Tyler Boyd doesn't leave the game at halftime. So I know I said... You want to look at Logan Wilson's extension talk as being the sole cause of putting him in the top 10 of, you know, the list. I really think combined with his veteran status, obviously, but focusing on that game, that AFC championship game, what it was and what it could have been absolutely has to be an argument to put Tyler Boyd in the top 10. Again, I know he finished fourth among, you know, receivers on the team with 754 yards, but like you got to understand though, or I'm sorry, uh, and, and guys in the slot. I'm sorry, I'm talking about slot receivers overall. I mean, only C.D. Lamb, Christian Kirk, and Chris Godwin were the only slot receivers who had more yards than Tyler Boyd. And, like, those are some young cats, except Godwin. He's a little bit older. He's kind of closer to Boyd's age. I mean, Lamb and Kirk, being at their age, just having – a little under 200 yards more overall than Tyler Boyd and Tyler Boyd putting him to sleep with his age. I mean, that's impressive. So to get to the comparison with Logan Wilson, I absolutely think you have to put Boyd above Wilson in terms of veteran experience. What I just said about the AFC championship game, how he has been successful in multiple eras with multiple quarterbacks, with multiple coaches, you know, you got to remember at this point, him, Joe Mixon, and Sam Hubbard are the only guys left from the Marvin Lewis, Lewis era. They only got three guys left from that point. That's not many. That shows you that they're getting old. I mean, I know Marvin Lewis was in town just over five years ago. But that's still pretty old. No offense, Sam Hubbard. We talked about him yesterday. He's not old. He's actually uh, younger than Tyler Boyd. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not calling them old, old. I'm just saying they're old in terms of NFL experience. But that's the point. I mean, I'm not saying you have to put every vet like in the top 10, because if that was the case, Ted Karras would be a top 10 guy. Um, Joe Mixon would be a top 10 guy. And Mixon is going into year seven. So I'm not saying being a veteran guarantees you a higher spot. 
Because believe me, like I said, Joe Mixon is like pretty low for a veteran. I mean, you could say the same thing with B.J. Hill being uh, around number 21. So I get it. It's not always about age, but age matters. Age has a role. Age has an emphasis. Logan Wilson, I'll give him credit. Being as high as he is for as young as he is is impressive. But I need to see more from him next year in order for me to say that I'm willing to put Logan Wilson at 9 or above ahead of Tyler Boyd at 10 or lower. I just need to see more from Wilson because you got to remember, he didn't really play much his rookie year. We've only seen two years of him. Shouldn't say only two because two is a lot. But you're comparing that to Tyler Boyd who came right out of the gate his rookie year with Andy Dalton in 2016. Now, maybe you might argue, well, Logan Wilson is fresher. He's leaner. He's greener. He's meaner. If that even makes sense. I just like the rhyme. All those things could be true compared to Tyler Boyd. But you really, really got to understand, Joe Burrow trusts the hell out of Tyler Boyd on third down. I'm not saying the game lives or dies by third down, but you look at the Bengals on third down at the beginning of the year versus the end of the year, third downs make a big deal, especially on offense when you're trying to convert the ball. So you need Tyler Boyd in those situations. You really need him. He steps up. He was one of the best receivers on third down in the NFL last year, regardless of being uh, inside or outside. That's why I think you have to put uh, Tyler Boyd at nine and Logan Wilson at 10. Um, I do want to wrap up by reading one of our Bengals fan responses. I'm going to read this response from James Miller from Columbus, Ohio. Man, we have had like, what, four or five? No, maybe four, closer to four Columbus responses. Anyways, I'm going to read this. Here we go. This is from James Miller in Columbus, Ohio. Because the Browns signed Deshaun Watson, and I don't want to spend the foreseeable future having our family watching him lead the team on Sundays. Also, deep down, who in Ohio doesn't really want to see Joe, quote, just a kid from Athens, end quote, Burrow succeed? All right. So I'm not going to really talk much about Deshaun Watson's off-field issues. Um, if you think Joe Burrow is a better quarterback, I, then yeah, I could see where, you know, you don't like Deshaun Watson on the field and you'd rather go to watch Joe Burrow on the field because uh, we talked about this with Dan Lobby and Andrew Gillis and, you know, other people from our Orange and Brown Talk podcast folks. You know, obviously you could say that without a doubt, Joe Burrow is a better quarterback. So if you really think Deshaun Watson sucks that bad and you really just think Joe Burrow is that good, then I'm not going to disagree with you. I think 90% of people who love football and I think even 95% of people who love football in the state of Ohio will agree with you on that. The other 5%, uh, that's an interesting fringe. I'd like to really hear them explain why they'd rather watch Deshaun Watson over Joe Burrow. That's a very interesting uh, percentage, if I'm even right about that. If it's 5% or 10%, I don't know. But I like the part at the end where he said, who doesn't want to see Joe, just a kid from Athens, succeed? I mean, who, who doesn't want to see a guy like that succeed? I mean, let's, yes, I understand I'm covering the Bengals, but like, I think people from all across America, from California to New York to the Midwest Plains of Nebraska, where ironically Joe Burrow once lived as a kid, I mean, who doesn't want to see a kid with humble roots, humble beginnings, who's still very humble, even though he has the right to have the biggest ego on the planet, even though he chooses not to, because like I said, he's just a humble Midwestern Appalachian kid. We love feel-good sport stories. Sports is filled with feel-good stories. Joe Burrow's journey to the NFL without a single drop of doubt is a feel-good story. So, James, I'm with you. 
I like the passion. I like the response. Appreciate you sharing. We're going to share more responses later this week. We're going to continue comparing and contrasting other guys on our Bengals top 10 list, including some of the names I mentioned, like Chidobe Awuzie. But once again, for myself and only myself, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. We will see you on Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in.